Why do so many smart people believe in conspiracy theories? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for you to come in take a load off and have some fun thinking deeply i am your host joseph holmes filmmaker film critic adorable apophemiac and with me as always is my tediously temeritous co-host nathan clarkson actor author filmmaker and oh this is, this is actually a real one yes <laughs> now a certified life coach and that's what? not a joke everyone yes certified life coach so uh Oh yeah, my god! Some advice. I'm the guy. So, do I'm you have certified. like a website yet, or just everybody's requests can go through our website? Well, I've been doing this thing for quite a while, where I have been talking and coaching young creatives, and I wanted to make it official. So, I got certified in life coaching, and you can just go to my website, NathanClarkson.me, if you are interested, a young creative or an old creative looking for next steps and understanding into the industry and how to live a life of an artist. Man, I got your answer. So, NathanClarkson.me. Awesome. Like we said, we're just saying <laughs> before, plug. Yeah, we're just saying beforehand. It's like, you know, pursuing truth is one thing, but what this podcast is really about yeah. is plugging our advertising stuff. the poor starving artist projects that we're always doing. <laughs> exactly. Well, today we are asking why people love and believe in conspiracy theories. But first, Nathan, if people in speaking of plugging, if yeah. people enjoy this episode, want to engage more with our content and have similar conversations with fellow overthinkers, where should they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and send up all of their love and hate mail and ideas for future episodes. They can also go to our online overthinkers group on Facebook called The Overthinkers, where we have almost 10,000 members posting memes, posting articles, and getting into lots of fun discussions about all the things that we talk about here. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really does help us so much. And make sure to share with a friend. We want to add overthinkers to our ranks. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'm excited about today's episode. Uh, definitely going to get us into uh, some fun material and also material that might get some people uh, people people on edge. I'm wondering what percentage of our listeners are conspiracy theorists. All I mean, of we them. are overthinkers. All yeah. of them. <laughs> I think my my firm belief is we all have our pet conspiracies. Oh, 100%. 100%. Well, that's this is good. This is going to be a good uh, discussion. And you'll have to wait till the end of the episode to hear ours. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's it. We will tell our conspiracy theories at the end of the episode. That's great. All right. So you wade through all the very uh, profound intellectual stuff throughout, and then you get to have for the fun stuff. Um, okay, cool. Well, ready to get started? Let's do it. Okay. So, <clears throat> Merriam-Webster defines a conspiracy theory as a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators. Most of us are familiar with conspiracy theories we heard growing up, like the government faked the moon landing, or the earth is flat and the government is covering it up. For most people, the term conspiracy theory is synonymous with a belief that is false. But in recent times, there's been a renewed interest in understanding the appeal of conspiracy theories since they have become a bigger issue in our politics, with ideas that the deep state or foreign governments or some other powerful group are running or manipulating our country, whether over election integrity or COVID, has become a serious feature of driving the votes of significant contingency of voters, and in some cases has led to political violence. The author of the authors of the book, a lot of people are saying, say additionally that conspiracies are changing from theories that are backed up by data to theories that are backed up with no data, only feelings. 
So what's the appeal? According to Dr. Karen Douglas, speaking with the American Psychological Association's Speaking with Psychology podcast, and Dr. David Luden writing for Psychology Today's Why Do People Believe in Conspiracy Theories? People believe in conspiracy theories because it makes sense of a confusing world, it gives sense of uh, it gives them a sense of control, and it gives them a sense of importance. But many people push back on this as condescending and missing the fact that sometimes the reason to believe will believe in conspiracy theories is sometimes they turn out to be true. Okay, so Nathan. What is your relationship with conspiracy theories? Do you like them? Do you have people you're close to who are into them? And what do you see as the appeal of them from your experience regarding them either with yourself or with other people? Yeah, so, you know, I am someone who loves to ask questions. I don't assume that truth is just easily apparent. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, I, I very rarely just, think that okay something you know everyone knows who listens to this podcast we like nuance we look at looking deeper into things so you and i our personalities the things we value are ripe for conspiracy <laughs> like we should be believing in every single one but the way we aren't i'd say is that we do require data and evidence to inform the things we believe and so uh so we do overthink things and look deeper into them like conspiracy theorists but we do require a little more data than perhaps a lot of some conspiracy theorists typically demand before believing something. That being said, I want to be, first off, I, I want to start with a little bit of sympathy or empathy mm -hmm. for yeah. conspiracy theorists. And I'll tell you why, because I think, you know, you mentioned that they are on the rise in a lot of ways. You know, it used to be, okay, well, is the moon landing real or is the moon yeah. made of cheese? Everybody or you know things like that or uh, and those have been around forever but you haven't really seen them i guess in the mainstream quite as much until today and now yeah. i've seen a growing in my experience just anecdotally on my facebook wall even people i've known and met i've seen more and more conspiracy theories um, in more and more people uh, being taken hold of and kind of believed and well you should look into this you should think about this and so this is something that is kind of an odd and interesting uh, phenomenon that I that I want to look into and I wonder what about yeah. today's day and age makes it even more likely that you're going to meet a conspiracy theorist that it's more common in the discussions you have is more common on your Facebook pages and I think one of the main things that I've noticed is that I, I saw a recent um poll and study don't ask me to quote which one or how much but you can go look it up yourself and even uh bernie sanders was talking about this recently um as he was addressing his crowd and he was he was talking about and as a study was talking about how faith in um our political parties on both mm -hmm. sides on every side is incredibly low yeah and that and that also is very parallel with a lot of studies that have been done oh yeah, yeah. faith in in traditional media is very very low yeah. there used to be a lot higher faith um, that we were being told the truth or at least we we're being told the whole truth and yeah. now if you look across the spectrum of our society it seems that very few people really believe they're being told the whole truth especially from um i can't remember the word but it is this kind of the, the classic media yeah staples. yeah establishment media legacy yes. media yes yeah the, the the people who we've always been able to trust in you know to a degree that we could kind of uh, believe yeah. that they're giving us the truth, or at least the whole truth. When you trust your television, what you get is what you got. Because when they own the information, oh, they can bend it all they want. Yeah. And so I think what you see this, um, 
this dying trust in both political parties. You see this dying trust in media. And I'd say a lot of that is a result of, um, you know, media having biases, mm. which is pretty normal, I guess. Yeah. But it's become more and more that way. And I think that whatever news station you're watching, whatever outlet you're reading, you start to see these kind of congruencies in the in the biases. And so you, you kind of start going, well, huh, do they have an agenda? Are they really telling me the truth? Are they... Um, or, or, or are they trying to get me to believe something? So I think you see everyone going, I don't know what I can believe anymore. And so once you kind of kill that belief in some of these old staples of where we used to get our information, you are left with, I guess I'm going to have to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to talk to friends. I'm going to have to quote, I've seen this a million times on Facebook, uh, uh, you know, comment sections, do, do your, your own, own research. research. Yeah, yep, you knew it. <laughs> and so you have a lot of people who don't trust news or politicians anymore. And mm-hmm. we're all doing our own research. And the wonderful thing and terrible thing about the internet is you can pretty much find research to support whatever position mm-hmm. you want. And we we had a podcast um, not long ago uh, w- about statistics. We had yeah. an expert on here talking about statistics. And well, you know, you see studies every day seemingly uh, contradictory and you have to look into those studies. How, the, how are the studies done? And yeah. it's so much work. So I think people are in this place where they don't know what to trust. And so if you, and so basically the blog that you read that's, you know, written by some guy in a basement uh, is now has about as much trust as major news corporations. And so you have a lot of people desiring truth, looking for truth, but uncertain of where to find it about a myriad of topics. So that's just my introductory kind of thoughts on conspiracies, why they're on the rise and a little empathy for the people and us included looking for truth and not necessarily knowing where to find it. But I'll have my criticisms coming up, but I want to hear your thoughts. Of course. So anybody who knows me, and this has often annoyed many of my friends, that I'm extremely biased against conspiracy theories. And I recognize that as a as a personality bias and a philosophical bias that's beyond sort of like the facts and stuff like that. Because a lot of times people who don't like conspiracy theories don't admit that they have a personal bias against them. And the reason I have a sort of personal bias against them is because I think that the world is just too complex for most of the stuff that happens in the world to be explained by a conspiracy of you know, powerful people in a dark room doing something, you know, as I, you do, uh, if you, I've mentioned before the road to serfdom by Friedrich Hayek, where he talks about, that's why, you know, socialist and communist economies um, never worked is because you couldn't get few people in a dark room to control the economy. Mm. You know, if, if, if that, if that could work, then socialism and communism wouldn't have collapsed. Um, so I kind of have a personal, when, whenever, there's something weird that happens and people try to explain it by saying, well, it's a secret thing that is being orchestrated by these people over here. I'm always kind of skeptical about that. However, like I said, I want to say, I want to start out with kind of a very sympathetic perspective on this. Like there's a good reason that people do believe conspiracy theories. So I'm going to get to yours in a moment. That's a very good point about the lack of trust, but people tend to believe in conspiracies if when Two things happen. One, they believe us. There's a, they have a story that they believe about the world, which you have to. You have to have yeah. some story you believe about the world. Like you know, I I if you work hard, you'll be successful, which you yeah. have to kind of believe in order to make the sacrifices to work hard. But when your convictions don't match the reality that you see in the world that's when you start to say, okay, what's happening here? So it's like, I've worked hard and I wasn't successful. The, you know, the people who work hard I see around me aren't being successful. You know, what's up with that? And people then have to come up with explanations for that. Like, 
whether it's, you know, the rich or the patriarchy or the, you know, the, the globalists, the government, yeah. the globalists, the tuba, you know, whatever it is, there has to be some. And that's not necessarily invalid to say, OK, why is my experience not matching the narrative that's being shown to me? And are is there a secret agenda behind that? I think a lot of people start there. The second thing is, of course, the reason that and this gets to your point, the reason that people believe in conspiracy theories is that sometimes conspiracies happen and <laughs> they end up being true. That's what I said. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I'll give an example that is it shouldn't be too controversial, even though it's very specific, which is why I try to do. But there's a reason why the disproportionately the group that was most likely to refuse to get the vaccine was black people because and some of them said this explicitly the army military experimented on black people giving them a vaccine giving them syphilis they don't have history a, the government doesn't have a great track, track record, record with this community yeah yes you just look back not even 100 years not even yeah and so like you know so and so you take that more broadly when people who are in charge of giving us information become untrustworthy in certain instances you have to then look for that other places and it becomes not implausible when again when you do see people you know doing stuff behind the scenes to say maybe that's the way it's happening all the time hmm that's interesting what what strikes me and because i guess it's interesting because i like where conspiracy theorists start I actually uh, yeah. really do, because it's basically what we do in this podcast. Yeah. You ask questions, you hold very loosely. Well, you know, this is what I thought. This might what, what I might have been taught. This is something I might have been told. But it, you hold that loosely and you say, OK, but I'm going to ask questions. And yeah. so where conspiracy theorists start, I think, is a really healthy place. Yes. I think it's good to look at the world and look at the things around you, that even the ones that seem apparent and say, OK, but let me ask questions about yeah. this. Right. You know, there's even the the, the divine conspiracy is a Christian book about faith and mm. about how if you look deeper into the world, you're going to find a conspiracy, the, the quote, conspiracy of God being behind everything. And so I think it's a really wonderful thing yeah. to ask questions, even about the things, you know. You know, my, my faith and my my views, and my philosophy have evolved and changed and grown over the past, you know, however, decade, decade and a half, mm -hmm. because I allowed myself to ask questions, to hold the things I thought I knew yeah. loosely. And I end up finding more and more truth. The problem I have is when is where conspiracy theorists end up. So I love yeah. where they start, but they end up in this place where they're not doing what they started doing, mm -hmm. which is they're not um, asking questions about the things they believe they know. And so, yeah. and they're basing what they know off of very loose um, evidence. And yeah. so I love that they start asking questions, but when you get to this place where you go, all right, I asked a few questions, but now I know, you know, there yeah. are people in basements who are murdering, you know, or, or, you know, people in the woods who are running our, our governments. That's where I think you get dangerous. I think holding things loosely and asking questions is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And really the only conduit to wisdom and growth and understanding and mm. truth ultimately. But I think if you ever start to solidify and stop asking questions and just assume that you know, I think that's where we get into dangerous territory. And that's where I see a lot of conspiracy theorists end up. It's the question asking is great. It's the certainty that they end up at um, that I think is destructive. And I think they end up there because people have a really hard time not knowing. It's sure, not yeah. fun to not know. And I think that's the difficulty thing. The difficult thing about faith is you and I are men of faith. Um, but one of the things that's part of faith is 
there is a certain degree of not knowing you have to live with that. And I think it's really difficult for humans to live in this tension of the unknowing to keep on asking questions, to keep on searching, find a little more, a little more, a little more, but we want to skip the line and say, okay, I asked the questions. Now I arrived. I know everything. (laughs) I think that's the dangerous part. That's, that's, I, that's an interest that I I like that a lot. I, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I will start out here, which is that every conversation that I've had with, somebody who a conspiracy theorist and it's you know it's somebody who says okay you know the the people who you know the the um uh the narrative that everyone believes is wrong and i have the real truth that's being hidden from all of us you know i'm sort of Mm. that's sort of how i'm i'm talking about conspiracy theorists people who have believe that and who about something whenever i have a conversation with them typically um it's it starts out this way where it's like where they say hey here's something weird that doesn't seem to fit with what we've been told mm. and it starts out like that's a good point that is weird and it doesn't seem to fit with what we've been told yeah. and then they say and now here's the explanation for what's really going on and i say well why that you know why mm. why that explanation so like you know we've had this before where i, I sort of made this point about um haunted houses where it's like hey here's something weird that's happening in a haunted house it's ghosts like why does it have to be ghosts why couldn't it be a glitch in the matrix why couldn't it be you know like why couldn't it be or all something these other... very realistic or very realistic the, it's like boards are creaking it's like why this and that's the thing is that they do a good job of skepticism of the established narrative but then they come up with something new that they don't present actually evidence for or if it is evidence it's very very scant and yeah the and the thing is I think you hit on something which is really important, which is, um, and, and which is that there is, when what was it? Um, uh, Alex de Tocqueville talked about this in um, uh, Democracy in America, which is that there is not enough time. Nobody has a lifespan yes. that is capable of investigating everything for himself to the degree that they can have certainty of anything. There is just not enough time in the day and not enough time in a person's life. So we do depend on other people to know things and to pass that information on to us. And the fact is that when you lose trust in the people who are giving you that information, you have to do it all yourself, but you don't have the time to do it. And but here's the, or other the expertise or the expertise. Exactly. It's like you don't have the systems of accountability of like other people who have also researched that stuff. But this is the other thing in order to actually act in the world you have to have a certain level of certainty in what you're doing a certain level Mm. of faith in what you're doing or else every time you do it you suffer crippling anxiety and nobody can live with that level of crippling anxiety all the time and so they have to create an artificial certainty that hasn't been justified in order to act in the world in a way that once they've lost trust in the other institutions that were supposed to give them that information. That's great. And and I'm going to add something else here that I think is part of the psychological makeup of why people, of people who believe in conspiracies. Sure. And, I, and I'm saying this not from a place of, huh, look at these idiots or look at these terrible people. I'm saying this from a place of experience myself. So yes. whenever I discover something that I feel like is kind of a hidden truth, I mean, e- even something small, like, oh, I found a great hike that no one knew about. Yeah. My favorite thing to do is to go to people. I mean, it's just human nature. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm the only one, but I don't think I am. But my favorite thing to do when I just when I figure something out or discover something, 
the immediate, my immediate response is I'm going to go tell someone and they're going to be so impressed that I found this, or <laughs> I know this and they don't. So it immediately establishes me in this hierarchical position above them because I know something they don't. And it's a good feeling. If, and even if you take it further, knowing something, you know, the old phrase, knowledge is power. Knowing yeah. something someone else doesn't gives you a certain modicum of power. And we know this to be a human proclivity towards um, humans desiring and acquiring power because it gives them control over their worlds. And, and we definitely live in a chaotic, chaotic world and yeah. where we would like power and control over our immediate worlds. And the best way to do that is to know something someone else doesn't. And knowing is half the battle. And that's how almost every conspiracy theory I see uh, that's shared with me via uh, social media or in person is I know something you don't. And it's this kind of uh, pride, maybe not the right word, but there, there's a, a a position that they get to say a, a yeah. higher horse a status have, yeah yeah a status and so i think a lot of this too is it feels really good to go around the world knowing something being the person who knows something that no one else does <clears throat> yeah and they give you this position over the world and with that i think also another thing that we see in our culture is the desperation for connection we live in a div divided ah, culture. yeah yeah man. we live in a culture that's secluded we live in a, i mean you can look at the loneliness stats the depression stats oh yeah the marriage stats the relationships if they're just off the charts right now people are lonely people are separated people are away from their families and friends and whatever it might be and so another thing that another benefit that comes along when you believe in a conspiracy is you immediately have a group of people who who is you against the world so when yeah. you have you're the in group and you're against yeah. you have a purpose which is to fight the world and their yeah. lives and you also have friendships and connections in meaning and purpose so there's you know, and the same thing, I think, again, we always come back to this. I hate to be a broken, yeah. I almost said broken clock, broken record, record, record yes, <laughs> a broken record. We're starting but... to forget what records were. It's been so yeah, exactly. long. <laughs> Conspiracy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's the same reason that people, um, should have the natural inclination towards religion. We talked about, we yeah, say yeah, this yeah. in cults, we say this in a lot of the episodes, but a lot of the stuff comes down to the natural inclination of religion and desiring that faith mm. community, the, the knowing, the purpose giving, the um, the direction, the understanding, the grid through which to understand the world. I think the same reason people join cults, the same reason people believe in Bigfoot, the same people uh, is the same reason. Same Big, reason but Bigfoot's join. real though. If Bigfoot's real, then mud pixies must exist too. Yeah, that is true. Yes, we, we discovered this in the podcast. Yes, but it's the same reason people join church. And and I think church is a better outlet for that that belonging, desire, and grid for understanding the world and purpose. But I think the same reason people are in church is the same reason people believe in conspiracies because it gives them a community, it gives them a status, and gives them an understanding of the world. Well, that's I mean that's a that's a, a great point. And you know I I I think that that's I mean people need a meta narrative. I guess yes. in order to act in the world, in order to build connections with other people, in order, they need to say, okay, what is the narrative of the world and what's my place in it? And yeah. you're right. You know, again, and it's it's not a coincidence that again, like since the 50s, and you can see this, I, I, we did um we did something on this, but like since the 50s, you, you've seen, you know, the uh, stats, the psychology of day did an article on this, you can look it up, but like the depression anxiety have been rising. Like yeah. since the fifties, and this is all like again as the dissolution of our institutions happen. And was it the guy who um, Jill Slipovetsky who wrote Hypermodern Times? He also talks about this as our institutions, as the mediating institutions of family and of 
of of church and of you know news media and stuff like that. as they dissipate you know people get more depressed and more anxious and again mm. i i know and again like i again i i don't i also don't say this from a place of like superiority i know how much anxiety and demoralization yeah. i feel when the things that i thought i could depend on the things that i thought were beautiful that gave me a direction to head in life that made me feel really great about myself you know crack and fall apart yeah like it's, it's the i have never felt worse in my life than those times that have that done that um and and so i get why people want to jump to and again it's like it's jump to make sense of the world make sense making sense of the world in a way that affirms the things that make the world beautiful to you um uh, uh that why people go there the problem is when they go there without the evidence because what matters more than you feeling good and in control is the truth because if you try to build something like that on something that isn't true it's going to collapse and if you build your house on it it's going to collapse on you and other people and yeah so, you know, I think that you brought up church. And I think that that's a really good point. And it's a good point for a couple of reasons. One is, again, I brought this up, this statistic up so many times, people are going to get tired of it, but you can look it up. The people, only people whose mental health increased during the pandemic were people who were consistently going to in-person church services. Hmm. And that is building a community around a meta narrative. And it's a meta narrative that's actually going to satisfy you. And thing is, yeah, I would say to anybody who is involved in, you know, uh, conspiracy theories, I would say it's like to, to Nathan's point, there is actual data to back this up. You will be more satisfied if you embrace religion and embrace Christianity, even though you've lost trust in that institution. And that's the thing is that it's frustrating because people have lost faith in the religious institutions for good reason. But you can actually still see that the vast majority of people who are participating in it are doing better than everyone in terms of mental health, in terms of, you know, moral kind of formation than people who are not. And so even as bad as it is, it's better than leaving it behind. Well, it's religion, especially the if you can get if you can search and find good, true right. um, believing religion answers all of the deeply held and felt needs of humanity in the same ways that uh, conspiracy theories, cults, uh, weird beliefs try to, but yep. fail. Yes. And so it makes sense of the world. It brings you community. It brings you understanding. And, it, and yes, so in that say, it's a hard thing to say to be like, yeah, just, you know, be religious. Just, yeah. um, well, you know, conspiracy theories is not religion, but I do think that, you know, I, I think we've touched on a lot of points today. The reason people um, want, you know, do believe in conspiracies is as a result of a, a modern time in which those felt needs are not being answered. I, I want to ask you a question. So they, yeah. and, and is that, um, yes, I would the moon say landing if, was fake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but, but we already know that, um, but no, is how it for somebody, because again, we sort of talked about Christians, non-Christians with this, but there are also a lot of Christians who believe in conspiracy theories sort of as well. And again, I think say, believing things without good evidence, you know, believing yes. them, I would say maybe let's firmly believing things without firmly, good evidence. firmly believing in meta narratives without good evidence. Like, yes, yeah. let's say, let's say that's, that's how a great we're definition. Thank you. Overthinkers original. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I would say, what would you, because you talked about the tension that's involved in believing things with conviction, but also holding them lightly, because that's a difficult thing to do. 
And it's, but Christians have oftentimes have always lifted that up. They always talk about faith and they talk mm. about that. And you do need to, in order to act in the world, in order to stand against evil, in order to stand for what's right, you know, you do need to have enough conviction that like the disciples, you are willing to die for your faith, die sure. because yeah. of belief. You have to be willing to die for it, but you also have to hold it lightly enough so that if contrary evidence comes to you, you can change mm -hmm. your mind. So how does one practice that so that they can hold those two intentions so that they can actually grow in becoming somebody who can do that without falling apart from the anxiety of the uncertainty? Well, you know, I think it's one, you have to realize that we are humans. We are limited mm -hmm. creatures and we are fallible creatures. And even our perception of the world, I mean, even looking at the, stu the studies about memory, oh, yeah. they'll, they'll ask a bunch of people that, that encountered an event, and they'll all have different stories. They'll ask them about the color of people's shirts. Oh, no, I was certain it's purple. Turns yeah. out it was, you know, it was white and they, yeah. you know, or red and they and they did not remember, it, but we're certain. So understand that you are human. And the way you have amazing capability for understanding truth and discovering things, you are also fallible. Mm -hmm. So th that's one thing that will help humble you into going, you know, I'm in, there's a verse in scripture that says, I am God and you are not. <laughs> and basically, you know, you are a human, you are limited in your scope and, and understanding of the world and truth. Um, uh, so you'll never know at all. I, I, I read someone the other day and it really struck me that not one person in the world has exactly the same theology, the same belief hmm, about yeah. God, which means that that in in uh, immediately means that we're all getting it wrong, except for maybe one person. Yeah, one guy, uh, and I think he's on this podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, stop it! But realizing you're fallible, so you can hold things loose, and then so that that that's a starting point. Going, yeah. I'm human. Okay, so I need to hold things loosely. But then you go, like you said, how do you act in the world if you just say, I hold everything loose? You know, G.K. Chesterton said, we keep our minds open, but not so much so that our brains, brains fall, fall out. out. Yeah. You know, it's like eventually you open your mouth to accept food, new information, but eventually you'll have to chew it and ingest it and digest it for it to actually do good to your body. And so I'd say the, the kind of, I'd say, choose the kind of evidence you allow to inform mm. your decisions and your beliefs. And I think right now yeah. you see a lot of people, be it tradition, be it just because someone said so, because like you've pointed out, it just make, it reaffirms something they already want to be true. Yeah. Um, I think those are bad uh, sources of evidence. What I hmm. think is a better source of evidence and I have found is find multiple points where it makes sense, not just one, well, one guy said it. Well, okay, let's look at this from several different angles. Look at everything from several mm. different angles. Look at people who disagree with that thing. See who uh, makes more sense. Try to look at it from a, um, mm -hmm. an objective point of view. And also another thing I think that's really helpful for me is looking at a pattern over a long period of time mm -hmm. of things that work and don't. One of the reasons I keep on coming back to my faith is because it works. Mm -hmm. and, it, and I see that people who take it seriously, I'm not talking about this you know, quote religious people. I'm talking about, you know, Jesus followers. I hate to use that, you know, overused phrase, but Jesus followers. Yeah. I see that people who do that have better lives, are happier, ha are more fulfilled, have a better understanding, have more forgiving, loving, gracious. And so I see that over a large pattern, over a long period of time, that it works. So look for things hmm. that work because there is a reality. I know you and I are crazy for believing that, but there yes. is a, an objective truth. It's going to be hard for us humans to know, but one of the best ways is to look at patterns of reliable 
data over a long period of time. That has really helped me um, have at least more faith, even though I maybe can't ever quote know something, mm-hmm. I can have more faith and the ability to lean into something and say, I really think that this um, is true because I've seen it work for so long for so many people. Um, that's why I always suggest therapy. Is it a quick fix? Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I've seen how therapy mm-hmm. in my life for you know, 10, 15 years, 20 years now, I'm getting old, how it's <laughs> had a positive effect in my life. And then I look in other people's lives and say, that's had a positive effect in their life. And so I have all this data and I can see, now I can feel like I can safely say therapy is a good thing because I have this data over mm-hmm. a long period of time and a lot of examples. So that I'd say that's one way to start engaging with truth and maybe even coming to conclusions might be the wrong word, but coming to beliefs. Yeah. Uh, let uh, let uh, uh, informed uh, evidence affect yeah. what you actually believe about the world while still knowing we're never going to have it all. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's really beautiful. I, I say for me, what's been helpful is um, it, to your first point, it's forgiving myself for mm. not being able to be certain about things. The fact yeah. that if once you accept the fact that it's not, it, the two things are impossible. One, it is impossible to be certain about anything. And two, it's impossible you have to act as if you're certain about things. Those are two true things. And when you forgive yourself for that contradiction and you don't expect that from yourself and don't think, oh, there's something wrong with me because I can't do that. um, Then it has opened up for me the ability to say, yes, I'm going to die for something that might be wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And I'm not a bad person for doing that. You know, I've, I've all I've got to do is do my due diligence and yeah. I can die for something that might be wrong. And that's okay, because that's what we all have to do. And that's one of the problems with the atheist movement of the 2000s was that they actually thought, okay, there's religion over here that requires faith. Mm-hmm. And then there's science and all of the things we like that doesn't. And it's like, no, I mean, you know, this what we've discovered, if we've discovered anything over the past several years is that it, everything requires some degree of faith. And how much that we is- we don't know, yeah. Yeah, how much we, and that's okay. And forgive yourself for that. Um, the second I'll thing add to that real quick, yes, just sure. I want to go off that point is, and I would say this uh, as an additive to that, um, be brave enough to be okay being wrong. Yes. I look back what I believed 10 years ago and I was wrong, like straight up wrong about things. And I'm so glad that I have friends and environment and a family that allows me to be wrong without punishing me, punishing yeah. me for it. Cause that allows me to go and discover more truth. And so be brave enough to admit, uh, to yourself and others that you were wrong. That'll yeah. help you find the truth. Oh, and find a community that will allow you to do that without punishing you. That's a yes. good, that's that's really good because that's a point, interesting, good point that you brought up that you had that. So yes, do that. Um, be brave enough and forgive yourself for that. Um, the second thing I would say is um, <clears throat> having belief that reality at its bottom is good and beautiful. Mm. And so even if the thing that you thought was right, that you thought was beautiful turns out to be wrong, Um it only means there's something more beautiful underneath there the, yeah, when you actually discover the truth. True. And it's, um, it's going to be good when you find it. And so um, believing that, the other thing is, um, you know, uh, like you said, I mean, the technique sort of I use in sort of determining truth is, yes, you know, like what, you know, who has been multiple people from multiple angles, have they been reliable over time? And mm. in what way have they been? Because again, I have people I follow, again, you know, one of the reasons I, we had, you know, Phil Will on uh, Dr. Philip Williams talk about statistics is I have seen him admit when he's wrong. I've seen him use good reasoning. 
I've seen him change his mind when presented with right evidence and being able to call, but also stand for his convictions when of everyone else was telling him that he should change his mind, you know, and I've seen him be borne out like he will say things and then later on everyone else will say them, but he said it first, <laughs> you know, so like and get no credit, I'm sure and get no credit, oh, of course, you know, <laughs> so things like that, you know, watching people and that's the thing is I watch people who have conviction in multiple different areas um, over time and learn that they are trustworthy. So I can don't have to do all the research myself. I can listen. To, I can, That's you know, look at them. But again, I have multiple people like that from different political points of view who have integrity over time that I can watch them and listen to what they say. Um, and then, but also again, having other people holding them accountable. So if someone else says something different, maybe they're wrong. So that's one thing I do there. But then finally, I was to say is that practice it is practicing it practice, you know, um, when you think you're right about something, looking at somebody else and, and checking it out and you, and, and practice being okay with having your convictions challenged and things like that. Because the thing is, what I found is the more that I do that, the easier it gets and yes. the less it scares me and the less, Absolutely. And, and again, the more data I look at and the more people listen to it, things like that, and the more certain I actually am of my beliefs and I'm not scared of them being challenged. And, you know, that's the thing is I find, again, with a lot of people who, again, conspiracy theorists, which I'm defining as people who believe in meta narratives without sufficient, you know, have high certainty in meta narratives without sufficient evidence, is that they can't be challenged. They don't have an answer for a good answer for when they're challenged, or they have to not, they get angry, or they just can't engage with it. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, and it's, it's a popular, oh, I'm sorry. I just can oh, no, it real quick and say yeah. there's a popular word that goes around and it's people in a bubble, right? We get yes. all of information from a very fine point, one place, one or two places, or at least a few places that all kind of echo each other, which is essentially one place. And this, and this is congruent with religion, yeah. with politics, with whatever it might be. Uh, again, I'll be the, use the be brave enough, be brave enough to allow alternate viewpoints yeah. into your world. And if they're wrong, they're wrong. And you'll see that evidently, but be brave enough to not get every, all your information on any particular topic from one place or one, at least kind of monolithic voice. Yeah. Go to the people you think are so wrong and actually investigate and see, well, what are they saying? And and do, yeah. is there any merit to what they're saying? This will give you a, a wider breadth and, and view of the fuller picture of what's going on. And it might just change your mind in some ways. And this yeah. is uncomfortable. I know it's, it's fun to stay in a tribe. It's safe to stay in a tribe, but try to allow other viewpoints into uh, your, your world, your mind. And maybe if they have good evidence, let them affect you. Don't get everything from one place, yeah. one person. One I'll say, I, I'll say this, one of the things that Hollywood did a really big disservice to our generation back in the late nineties and early two thousands. Cause they put out a bunch of movies like the matrix, which basically just told people if it feels wrong to you, it's wrong. It's wrong. And, and it, it's like, I think that you know, um, and and what's funny is that again, you look at people like the Wachowskis, who, you know, suddenly like their their term red pilling is being used by people with politics they disagree with, and it's like, mm. no, 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 I didn't mean when it feels wrong to you, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I meant when it feels wrong to me. Um, but yeah, I think no, you're 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 absolutely right. This you know, being learning, be comfortable. I think is I'll say one thing is that you don't have to change your trajectory right away when you're presented with new evidence. Yeah. What I do is I have things that I have tested over time that I believe in. 
And I will allow people to challenge those things. And I will just hold it back in my head and say, okay, it, based on everything else I know, that's probably wrong, but I'll hold that there. And if it enough evidence builds up over time, that's fine. But again, that's great. I, you don't have to change yourself right away. Let it build up over time. And only if it gives overwhelming over time, then you can change yourself. It's like that's So put the pressure off of yourself. One just step at a time. One yeah. step at a time. Yeah. So again, this is sort of an episode where we're kind of going back to the well of like, why don't people think in a disciplined and and manner and kind of and test what they believe kind of thing and conspiracies are just a, a sort of part of that but i would be interested in other people talking to us like if you believe things that you know uh why do you believe what you believe what is your you know your pet what people call conspiracy theories that you believe in have you tested it out in that way in such a way that because again sometimes the unpopular thing is true and that's the thing is the 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 main narrative that everybody believes is not always true. But and so I don't care if you believe in conspiracy theories. What I care is how do you believe in them because you've tested it out rigorously first and check those psychological like biases yes. that make you might want to believe it. Do, am I believing this because my friends do and I yeah. want to hang out with them? Am I believe in this because it feels better. Am I believe in this because it allows me to hate someone. Yeah, am I believe in this because it makes me feel superior to people. So uh, test that even those psychological uh, questions yeah. to ask those psychological questions. Why do I believe this? Even aside from just the evidence, ask yourself what it is about this belief that appeals, appeals to, you. to your psyche. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just because it appeals to you doesn't automatically believe it's mean it's wrong, but it does mean that you should check it extra hard. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I find myself all the time being like, I think I like this because uh, I think I'm <laughs> prone to believe this because I know the kind of person I am who, yeah. who really doesn't want people telling me what to do. So I'm going to assume the people telling me what I do are all terrible and evil and bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, no, that's something. But again, and again, forgive yourself for that too, and have that be okay. But also you don't have to act on it. So like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, so yeah. Anyway. Introspection, introspection, extrospection, just do it all. And uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, and that's why people like us are better than everyone else. That's the meta narrative <laughs> we've constructed, and that's not a conspiracy. We have yes. so much evidence. much evidence for it. Yes, and, <laughs> yes. and by the way, you by default by listening to this are better than everyone else. Yes, too. you're 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 in the right tribe. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So we have to say our favorite conspiracy theories. Yes. The yes, ones that we think hold the most, um, the most water make us still. Hmm. Yes. Yes. But okay. Cool. You first. You first. Yeah, you oh, yeah. One? yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, this is pretty basic, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say shots fired. But then I was like, oh, that's, uh, that's, that's yeah, too, too, too soon. Too soon on the nose. Too soon. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with an old classic. And I'm going to say, I don't think it was aliens. I, th that is one thing I, I won't jump to. But I do think there was some strange stuff happening in Area 51 uh, down in, uh, I think it's 51. Yeah, Area 51. <laughs> you can tell yes. I've, I've yeah. done a lot of research. I can't even yes. remember what the conspiracy I believe until in. The, until, the, until all of the, 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 the uh, millennials and Gen Z uh, stormed it back a couple of years yeah, ago. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so again, I really don't care. Please feel free to prove me wrong. But it, I, I, I don't know. Something happened down there. Too many, I mean, too many strange <laughs> things. I, I feel like something is being hidden. I, I would know. be. Sh I mean. I would be shocked to find out that during the Cold War, there were as a government uh, organization down there 
doing secret weird stuff. That would be yeah. a shocking thing to discover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm not ready to jump to aliens, but you know, maybe give me a year. Maybe we had a whole we had, we had a whole episode on aliens and how how they're all none of them are real. So like, I know, you know, but I'm allowing my my beliefs and things to change. change and grow. But, but have they been changed by data though? Have they been changed by data? <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's more fun to believe it than I. That's will. okay. That's fair. Okay. Well, you could just ignore everything that we already said. If it's more fun, then that's, yeah, that's, that's the real true. answer. If you have a conspiracy, <laughs> just ask. Is it fun to believe? Yes. There you go. You can't argue with that. It's too stupid. Oh, uh, yeah. So okay. Well, so he he has Area Fifty One. I have Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, but uh, so anyway, now we can move on to blesses and curses. And yes, it's not just we're not going to do. We're going to bless and curse our favorite conspiracy theories just because our actual ones we hate would probably you know just get us get us canceled, canceled but by everyone, everyone. <laughs> literally everyone yes. and the ones we love too yes exactly so um but we are going to bless and curse uh various works of art media resources that we think talk about conspiracy theories in a good way or bad way so uh do you want to go first are you still uh, working on sure working a couple of years i think i got most of them ready man it was tough to find a curse but i think it'll do i think uh people will be okay with me cursing this won't be too controversial <laughs> but my blesses are i'm gonna bless a book you know uh it's called the man who is thursday it's a novel by yes, gk yeah. Chesterton. i'm not going to tell you too much about it but it's about a poet who infiltrates this anarchist group and it's, it's it's fun it's interesting it's pithy it makes you think um but it deals with the nature of belief and, and how we believe yeah. things why we believe things and also Chesterton is just so fun to read well especially his novels his mm. uh, his theology gets a little rough rough is the wrong word dense I should say sure. yeah, yeah, yeah but also I will add to that the orthodoxy is great it has a great chapter on uh kind of this stuff and yeah, uh, yeah. you know one, one of the things he points out is that conspiracy theorists are often people who don't, it's not that they um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't have enough evidence. It's that they find too much evidence everywhere. Yes. <laughs> they start with the answer and then the, everything they see is evidence of something. So they it start is. with the, you know, the sky isn't real. And then all of a sudden they, they say, see well, the moon shifted, you know, yeah, whatever. They it's see patterns everywhere. Well, there's, um, what was it? Apophemia is the word of the day I put at the beginning. Um, and nice. that is the tendency to see connections where none exist. And that's, ah. you know, where, where, J.K. Chesterton, he says they people see patterns everywhere. He says that there's it's they're not that they're not sane, it's that they're too sane, is sort of how he put it. Mm. So yeah, that, that's a good that's good. That's makes sense. So yeah, Man Who Thursday, great book. Orthodoxy also, especially in the first few chapters. I was a little underwhelmed by the ending of Man Who Was Thursday, <gasps> but that's a but that's a, a personal thing. Glass. I know, I know, I know. I'm Glass right, but I know I feel bad about it. Well, everyone go read it and tell us who is right, me or yeah. Joseph. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with you get mad at me when I bless this, but I really enjoyed it for some reason. Um, it was a movie last year. I think I've blessed it before called Don't Look Up, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. And it was about a scientist who found that a comet was hurling towards Earth. And basically when he told people, everyone accused him of yeah. just it being a conspiracy and no one took it seriously. Yeah. And so this is a good on the opposite end. Yeah. Of, he found evidence. He found truth and no one else believed it. Yeah. And, you know, much to the detriment of the entire world. Um, and so it also shows you people, it shows you the pitfalls of not looking into things that yeah. you might die by a comet. If you don't take people seriously, if you just dismiss things that don't fit your life and it didn't fit people's life. They, oh, this is entertaining. Oh, this yeah. is kind of coming at a bad time. And so this is an encouragement to look into things, not necessarily just buy them, but look, do look into things and ask questions, but don't just come to answers. Um, but it's a, on the opposite side, you know, so yeah. it's uh, encouraging you to actually keep an open mind and explore things. Yeah. Um, that's, that's good. I'm, I'm not mad that you like that movie. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Again, guys, can you write in and tell us who's right and who's wrong? We need yeah. a tiebreaker here. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and I'm going to bless a documentary I watched called Behind the Curve. It's on Netflix. It's hmm. about the group of people who believe in flat earth, that the earth is flat. And you can look into this. It's very interesting. It's hmm. bigger than you think. More people you know believe in this than you think. In fact, uh, statistics would say that there's a few people who believe in the flat earth listening to this podcast right now, which wow. is really interesting to me. To me, it seems fairly evident that the earth is not flat. Uh, not even fairly. It seems strongly evident that the earth <laughs> is not flat. Um, and it but it, what, what I liked about it, it does kind of approach this community without a huge bias. Like the, the you know, the guy who, the, the people who are doing the documentary obviously don't believe the earth is flat, but they also approach it with an open mind. And, yeah. open, and when they talk to people, they allow them to get their thoughts out. They say, give me your best evidence, show us. And I think it's a really fair and interesting um, look into people who believe in conspiracy theories. And I think it sheds a lot of light on why people believe in conspiracy theories. And we touched on some of those things earlier. So check it out. It's called Behind the Curve. I really enjoyed it. I love a good documentary. And it was uh, really well made. Kept my interest. Hmm. Um, I'm going to curse Da Vinci Code. Hmm, um, I know yeah. this is an old classic. I mean, this was, you know, getting cursed by uh, evangelical Christians <laughs> yes. years ago, but this is an easy one because I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> but the reason I'm going to curse it isn't for the same reasons that maybe a lot of the old, um, the old Christians would that, you know, is, is blasphemous or whatever. Yeah. I think what I didn't like about the Da Vinci Code is that it borrowed something that didn't belong to it, hmm. um, added things around it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, they borrowed the mythos of Christianity. Yeah. They added things around it so they could, so they could tell an interesting story and ultimately had kind of detrimental effect on the people who read it because it was supposed to be fiction. And a lot of people started believing this yeah. stuff. And um, I think that we have to be careful. There is responsibility in the artist. One, don't steal from, from other cultures mm -hmm. and beliefs that don't belong to you um, and just use them to sell books. Yeah. And because worse, case scenario you people might actually believe it and then start having a negative view on that thing that has nothing to do with them yeah. so and i don't know it just it was always just a little silly to me um i can't think of any great other reasons to curse it but well I, I, this yeah, is actually you, a really good yeah, jump in this is actually a really good example because of what we're talking about because when if you look at like the actual biblical scholars at the time when they would review da vinci code they were like yeah this is hogwash like yes he's he is he is asking questions basically he does this he asks questions about christianity and how it you know started and you know the the things that maybe were covered up because you know whatever and then he inserts his own answer but his own answer has so like almost no evidence it's like there's there's no evidence no. that you know jesus married mary magdalene but he just asserts it as more true than the thing we have more evidence for in the Bible. And he asserts it as if it's true with a conviction that's more true than the thing that has more evidence. And Even so every scholar was saying this has no, I remember being like in restaurants, you know, with friends and they're yeah. like, you know, that Jesus married Mary Magdalene. I said, what? Yeah. But because they no, read yeah. this book. Yeah. Yeah. And again, and again, he presented it as true as the best scholarship. And literally every scholar is like, yeah, this is hogwash. There's no evidence for this. And and that is is what conspiracy theorists do. And again, those kind of books and those kind of like the movies like The Matrix and Fight Club and V for Vendetta and books like this popularized and mainstreamed to a certain degree for our generation, the idea of it being exciting to have the new knowledge that overturns the mainstream without evidence. Mm. so you know it's yeah 
You, you cursed it better. That's why. <laughs> what he said. That's why I'm cursing it. <laughs> I got you, man. I got you. Thanks. Uh, so, um, uh, but okay, yeah. So, um, okay, so yeah, I'm going to bless. I'll be really quick about the first one. Uh, if you want to see the best on-screen portray fictional portrayal of a virtuous conspiracy theorist, the only one, the ans correct answer, is the question from Justice League Unlimited. And, oh, and all of his episodes. Showing, Joseph. Your nerd is showing. I am unashamed. But no, he's he is a character who is is full on. He's like, everything is conspiracy. But he's and he's all the established narratives are wrong. But he actually does put the work into you know, uh, to to put find evidence for it and actually act on it to save people. And so, like, mm. you know, he's he does the due diligence and he puts his mind where his mouth is and he actually gets the evidence to back it up before he does that. And so, again, all of the appeal of conspiracy theories and very little of the problematic aspects, except maybe the the self-imposed isolation of just being okay. on the internet and, and the, the board, the, uh, the, uh, all, everything on the connecting on the boards anyway. So that's why I would say is, is sort of one. The other is I'm going to bless, um, the birds aren't real website and phenomenon. I've just, never been here, but everyone's talked about it. What is this? So it is a website. It is a, a but created by a guy who, um, basically created what is a, a conspiracy theory, but he just made it up for kind of sat to satirize conspiracy theories <laughs> and what it is is that the theory is my kind of guy birds are i know exactly he's got the chaotic neutral energy of, yep. of nathan clarkson down pat but he basically the idea is that after 9 11 there was a thing and all the birds died and so all the birds that exist now are not really birds they are just um drones piloted by uh, by the government to spy on all of us okay and so anyway and the great thing about this guy is he doesn't break character whenever people interview him he pretends that he's just believe totally believes it. he says like so what this is a joke right he says how dare you that is so <laughs> offensive and that's commitment to the bit, <laughs> bit as exactly yes and that's that is and so I think that this is one of the greatest pieces of like modern performance art satire of oh my our conspiracy theorist age that you can literally just invent something. And then, of course, there's a bunch of people who believe it, you know, but it's like, but you can create it with as much validity as many of these conspiracy theories have. And so I just think it's it's just brilliant. Anybody who commits to a bit like that in, in to say something true and absurd about our modern age deserves my admiration and will get a bless from me. Absolutely. Um, That's I now have to go check it out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and my curse is going to be a curse that I kind of as a half bless, but I have to curse it. And I do want people to know about it, though, is a movie called Vengeance that just came out. It is written, directed and starring a BJ Novak from The Office. And it is a movie that is really trying hard to wrestle with all the things that we're doing uh, wrestling with today on this podcast. Why people believe in conspiracy theories, why people, why there's such um, people don't live in the same realities anymore and why they're, you know, the lack, loss of institutions. And it really is he's trying to wrestle with those things. Mm. Um, and I loved it up until the very end. But the problem with the very end is it does ask those questions, but the answers it give, I think, first of all, are not narratively satisfying. I felt very unsatisfied by it. But then his answer basically is that there's nothing that can be done about this and our civilization is going to crumble. And the only solution really is, um, you know, is is secrecy and violence, you know, mm -hmm. in order to so he ends up unhopeful. It ends up in, in not only hopeful, but a destructive nihilism. Uh -huh. um, and and I think that it's it's deeply harmful 
to do that, first of all. And uh, secondly, it, again, it's, it's bad art and it's bad morality. And so I was so I'm, I'm going to curse that movie, which, you know, if any of you seen it, you can uh, tell me if you think I'm wrong about it. But uh, most people probably haven't seen it. it didn't do very well at the box office. But uh, you tell like me conspiracy you... theorist. He starts out good and ends up bad. Yeah, it is. That's hey, well done. You haven't even seen the movie and you came up with a good tag for it. Yes. Um, good. Cool. Well, uh, thank you everybody so much for joining us. And again, I know we have a lot. Again, we have statistically we have some flat earthers here. We would love to hear your favorite conspiracy theories, your favorite things, convictions you believe that goes against the common wisdom. We'd love to hear those and we'd love to hear By your the arguments way. for them. I can say we can be wrong. Like if you yeah. have convincing stuff and have, and you think, you know what? I do have evidence for this. Send it along. We'll check That's it out. Yeah, we are exactly. open. We are always open. We are like open to having our minds changed. Again, it might take a lot. I'll hold it in the back of my head for a while and, and, you know, maybe not change my views right away, but I would love to hear what your best evidence, what, yes, everybody write in your best evidence for something you believe that goes against common wisdom. And we'd mm, love to hear great. We and we will be that. brave enough eventually to admit we were wrong. Yes. Yeah. All right. But, yes. but thank you for everyone for coming. Uh, real quick, I want to remind everyone, if you want to know more about the host, if you do want to send us a letter, if you do want to send your love or hate mail or ideas for future episodes, please visit the overthinkerjournal.com. Also, we want you talking about this fun stuff because we're going to post the episode and there's in inevitably going to be a great discussion about these things. And yes. we want you there to when we post it to have fun with our group of over almost 10,000 people um, on the Overthinkers private group on Facebook. So please head over there and check it out. Also, it really does help us so much if you leave a review. We are so close to 100 and there's a lot of you out there. If just a few of you <laughs> just leave like seven more uh, reviews, we're going to get a so please leave us a review also share with a friend we want to add to our ranks if you want to get in touch with me go to nathanclarkson.me um you can also find me on the socials and as i said earlier i am now life coaching uh specifically for creatives i want i've been making movies and acting and writing books for over a decade now and i want to share some of my insight and help you make a plan forward into your creative life so uh go to my website nathanclarkson.me and check that out and hit me up and let's talk and joseph if people want to get in touch with you well, first, I just want to say, like, yes, if what if my endorsement means anything, you know, the the advice that Nathan has given me for free has been so invaluable to me. And as I pursue my creative stuff, so I am a friend, so I get that privilege. At least I used to. Um, yeah, I, I will be invoicing you. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but I want you to have all that experience by paying him so like you should so 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 you should do that that's i i endure he, he you you will get a lot out of it, it will help you a lot um, and it's not a pyramid scheme i will take your money and i can promise you you're not going to make any money i will help <laughs> <yes>. you <laughs> but i will help you go forth in your creative life but thank you that means a lot yeah cool um so yes and if you want to get in touch with me i'm on all the socials as well and i'm also at my website josephholmstudios.com and yeah Anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Thank you, of course, Nathan, for being here with me as usual as well. <laughs> and and remember, if it's worth thinking about, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> and the UFOs are real. Yes, yes. <laughs>